Ooh, good glug. Mm. I'll, I'll do this. You don't need to okay. talk to me. I got it. Ooh, ooh, watch out, watch out. Ooh, oh, 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 too much head. <laughs> Never <laughs> enough. You know what? Hashtag Janine out of context. It's going to be, it's just going to be like those good place out of context Twitter accounts. Have you seen those? No, but I it's, love that show. It's great. It's just, it'll, I, I, in fact, I think it's good place out of con at good place out of context, but it'll just be a screenshot from the good place with the caption totally out of context. So it'll be like, and, but then people retweet them on appropriate days. So it'll be like, fun fact, Christopher Columbus is in the bad place. Or just random, random thing. It's just hot ocean milk with with dead bug croutons or something like that. Whatever the chowder one. Yeah. So, Janine, last week, huh? How are you feeling? My hangovers lasted a week. (laughs) How's your liver? Do you think, do, wait, hold on. Let me rephrase that question. Do you think that your liver will ever bounce back? It's, uh, it's bleeding like a cherry. That's for sure. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait, now I just got another level on that. Damn. Well, I'm glad you're alive. Thanks. Uh, well, you know, it's still weekend. <laughs> Can I ask you what Monday morning was like? No. Let me ask you this. Huh. Listeners, here's what you don't know. After we stopped recording last week, we teased Janine some about how wasted he was. And he was like, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Rogers Park Social. I'll see you guys. And then he went to a bar. How'd that go? Um, I, <laughs> so you, you said, Aaron, you're, you're, you, I remember you, you telling Aaron, you're to the point where they might not serve you. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. And I got there and they served me, mm-hmm. uh, but I sat down and my phone was dying. So I was charging it. And then I had a little bit of this beer and then I was like, nope, this chair is too tough. And I left. Uh, <laughs> you know what? By the chair. You know what? <laughs> Cheers. Been there. Been there. We've all been there. There is, if you're curious about Rogers Park Social, there's a video of us on, Julie and I, on our Facebook page, pretending to cry because they were out of Miller Lite. So that is how drunk you get at Rogers Park Social. You get drunk enough that you think a novelty video about being really sad that they're out of Miller Lite. Is a good idea. You know what? I continue to be really sad because they decided to quit selling it. And I understand that because they have so many excellent beers that they want people to try. But you know what? Every fucking once in a while, all I want is a cold they can switched, of Miller Lite. They switched to old style. <sighs> Barf. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Podland. Never drunk. It's not Linda Podcast. I want you to know every week I just wait for somebody to say something funny enough that it's going to be great for me to jump in right after. <laughs> this week it was barf. <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Drumcast, not Wonder Podcast. I'm Allison Shoemaker. I'm Julie Starbird. And that's Janine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us are more recovered than others from last week. Uh, but we are here this week to continue to drink just for you. And I want you to all to know, despite the fact that you are directly contributing to the slow downfall of our lives, we love you anyway. <laughs> and when we are all fucking dying of cirrhosis, we'll say it was worth it. Because all those ladies and some dudes and some people who identify in at various non-conformative ways, all the people. And people who don't identify, people who need people. People, people who need people. Uh, who need us to sit in their office. <laughs> and get through their day. Writing their coupons. Writing their TTS <laughs> report. <laughs> doing their data entry. And what they really need is to hear us say, 
butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, this goes to you, office workers currently listening to the podcast or people on their commute. I, I see you, Jen Moniz. You're commuting right now. To you, I say butthole. <laughs> that, is, that is in my top five favorite words. Butthole. Butthole. <laughs> Just fun to say. I can't even fucking get the L out because it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Oh you guys, gosh. we're not even, we only had one beer. <laughs> oh, oh, but it was a doozy of an episode. So. I mean, I'm still drunk from last week. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to make that bounce back joke again, but I decided to let it lie. You know, there, mm, never mind. Not even going to waste my time making an angry joke about it. Okay. I'm just not. All right. Fuck R. Kelly. That's all. All right. Um, so, Allison, let me ask you a question. Yes, ask me a question. Stars was really pushing this episode with a certain hashtag, hashtag, starting again. And as a non-book reader, I have no idea what that means. Did it mean anything to you? Uh, well, it means that they're starting again. again. Okay. And I have to say, <laughs> it seems weird. weird. I get it. But like, stop trying to make hashtag starting again happen. It's not happening. It's not. I want you to know neither of these people laughed and now we can't be friends anymore. I bet half of you laughed. I bet half of you knew what I was doing. I don't understand. It was a Mean Girls reference, you total mm. doofuses. Oh. Boo, you whores. Boo, you whores. That's also a Mean Girls <laughs> reference. I know that one. Uh, anyway, Patty, I um, uh, think it is really stupid. Why didn't uh, Daphne, the stars intern, if you're listening, listen, man, it's okay. You can go ahead and you. Oh, I have to get my elbows off the table. You can go ahead and make whatever hashtags you want. But hashtag print shop is one thing. That's like, particularly to everybody who's read the book, but really anybody who cares about Outlander has been aware that there was a print shop thing on the horizon for months. Like, why wasn't this just hashtag cream to menthe? Why isn't it just the episode title? It should be. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it would have been one thing if it was, like, hashtag Ian's first time. That would have been great. That would have been a spoiler. Yeah. If it could be, like, hashtag Team Fergus, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. But, like... Starting again, it just seems very vague. Hashtag like, Treffening, I'd accept that. Oh, God. But hashtag starting again, it just... Maybe they're going to make us use it next week, too. That's the only thing I can think of. Because the episode isn't even really about them starting no, again. No, it's it, not. It's very confusing. So let's dive right into it. We open the title with the title card this let's time. Let's wait. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Let's start again. <laughs> Hashtag starting again. Well, that was well done. Yeah, that was good. Thanks. That was good. Somebody stars to give you a fucking joke. So <laughs> Get on the it, title card is a whole bunch of dudes sloshing a whole bunch of buckets of water into this thing that looks like a trough that then you realize there's a pump on and a hose and we're looking at an old timey fire truck. I want you to know at roughly minute 44, Julie goes, oh, and I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> uh, I should also say. shit's on fire. Another thing that happens on this title card, something Outlander does really well, I want to say, and there are some great men who write and direct for this series. There are. But this is one of several episodes of Outlander over the past few years in which it is both written and directed by a woman. So cheers to oh. Norma Bailey, who also directed last week's episode, and Karen Campbell, mm-hmm. who is not Margaret Campbell. I was going to say related. both fortune tellers. Who knows? Who knows? They do. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm always Nailed right there for a psychic Nailed joke. it. <laughs> Oh, man. Is it last week that you did Janine's tarot cards? 
No, it was two weeks two ago. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was telling a friend about that, and she was like, well, how did it go? And I was like, I was too drunk. I can't remember. <laughs> I seem to remember a prevalence of swords in your spread, which uh, means difficulties at oh, the time. Well, that that's why it felt so accurate. <laughs> Mostly difficulties processing alcohol within your body. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, uh, let's keep going. Okay. Drink up. Drink up. Um, so then immediately we're back in Jamie's room at Madame Jean and we are where we left off and there is Claire and the ruffian and then she's just going to straight up get raped. The ruffian, by the way, whose name is Barton. I think it's John Barton. John Barton it is. Um, uh, who is played by Ian Cunningham, not Cunningham. Cunningham, Cunningham. Mm. Um, who this week to the two of you who also listened to debating Doctor Who was in the episode one of the two episodes of Doctor Who I had to watch this week. Wow, uh, he was in the Girl Who Died, which is the first a Shilder story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh. in, in which he plays a totally decent guy who does not rape anyone and also does not get trefund. So. <laughs> Oh, we're getting there, buddy. Wait, because this, so, this is such a fun word. <laughs> he fucking comes at her. She pulls out her dagger. Allison was like, that's a cute dagger. It was really cute. It looked like a teeny tiny sword. <laughs> it did, with like little curly cues on the handle. Anyway, she he's like, oh, it was almost like he could have just said, kittens got claws. Like that shit. And then she actually starts to fight with a knife. And Although I should tell you. That she forgot everything Angus fucking do- taught her, and he is dead. She's shamed his memory. She, well, she did remember a couple of things, okay. and that's the Hit fast, me. the fast like slashing movements, mm-hmm. as opposed to stabbing like the slashing. She remembered that. She did. She was also under duress, and it had probably been about twenty years since she picked yeah, up a shit. Come on, <laughs> if a guy who smelled like that. <laughs> Which I can only assume means horrible. Uh, Gave you a lesson in killing dudes with daggers. And then like two weeks later, maybe tops, you killed a dude with a dagger. Yeah. You might remember that. I bet you would. Especially because you'd be really nervous about the lesson, which would burn it into your memory, like a flashbulb memory, mm-hmm. because you'd be very nervous because you'd be watched by your husband and his hot uncle, who's really scary, who's constantly trying to make it with you, <laughs> and a bunch of other dudes and several fine fat pigs. I was thinking maybe she was going to wait until he actually tried to get on her and then just stab him in the kidney like she did originally. But she was- Speaking of, she gets a couple of good slashes she, in. She does get some good slashes in. And then he gets pushed back from her and he falls back. Backwards, he trips and busts After his head. After he says, no, I'm not even going to fuck you. I'm, I'm just, just going to kill, kill you. you. And then she slashes at him. He's like, oh, backs up two steps. Ba, 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 thwomp, head on the fireplace. Thonk. The, in fact, this is maybe the only time when it is useful to be recording in this sitting because it sounded like this. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every, me and Allison and Jen, who was watching with us, we all went, oh. <laughs> uh, and I can see the blood go out of his ear. Like, I totally thought he was dead. And well, so did Claire. At that moment, Jamie walks in and he's like, what? What, <laughs> what, what happened? And she's like, oh, he tried to rape me. He came in here to get your ledgers. Something, something, something. And then all of a sudden, the guy at the fireplace goes, <gasps> and is like, I'm not dead. And so they have to go check it out. And that's when they turn his head over. And he's got blood running out of one ear. Claire, the doctor, is like, oh, he's got a subdural hematoma in his skull. I'm going to have to screw. I'm going to screw in there. I'm going to have to drill into his skull. And it's like, Jen and I both went, nope. 
If, I don't want to see if that. If you'll excuse me, I have to totally screw this guy. Yeah, like, I have to screw with his head. Uh, Jamie is not happy. This will be one of several situations in this episode, and I'm guessing in the one that follows based on the next week, on the preview to come, um, in which one of the two of them does something and the other one is like, really? God, I forgot this about you. <laughs> like, we had that amazing sex last night, but I forgot what a giant pain in the ass you are. And you know what? They're both totally justified in that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to forget because they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, beautiful. But they're both kind of buttholes. Yeah, they, in <laughs> fact, they are buttholes. <laughs> I'm going to give it out at least once in the first this episode. Uh, okay, so she's like, I have to help him because I'm a doctor. And Jamie's like, uh, why don't you just let him die? Uh, he's obviously a bad guy. Uh, just let him die. And she's like, oh, that's not how I roll. So she goes. Oh, they also discover he's an exciseman, which means he's a government employee. And so he works for Sir Percival, which uh, is the. Did we call him BRD, backroom douche? That it was something I can't remember, but he's the government guy that's shaking Jamie down for the whiskey, mm. like for the being able to bring the illegal whiskey in. And I'm mm. excited to talk about him. He kind of does have a little Simon Cowell about him in this episode. It, it, it Callow, sorry. honestly seems like they were like, fuck, we already cast Simon Callow. Could somebody just find me the Simon Callowist actor you possibly can? Yeah, can we get on that? Yeah. And they're like, okay. And they brought in like every 60s to 70s British dude who looks great in a wig and walks like he has a ramrod up his ass who knows how to go, mm, they could possibly find. It was probably an easy cast because they already had those uh, casting books and headshots already from the cowl. Yeah. Well, I like to believe in my heart of hearts that they were starting to write that character and they were like, we don't need to hold auditions. Can you just find out if Simon Callow is free? <laughs> and they were just like, come back in. We're going to do a prosthetic on your face. We're going to do something weird. Just make it slightly different from the Duke of Sandingham, but not too different. Yeah. Here, we'll we'll hide it. We'll put a mask on you. But And then Simon Callow was like, okay, it's a job. Okay, maybe. What? Tell me what I get to wear. And then they described the costumes and he was like, yes. And then he went, wait yes. a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Those coats. <laughs> and then everybody in the room no, laughed. it was more like and this. Then he went, down. wait, those Coats, <laughs> and then they all slapped each other on the back and got to filming. Yeah. Anyway, Patty. So Sir Percival hired this asshole that is now bleeding out on the fireplace, and you find out that he had been sent to Jamie's room to try and find some kind of proof of how much They're whiskey he was smuggling for evidence of his smuggling because yeah. Sir Percival feels that he is not getting enough money to do he he's he feels like he's getting the raw deal obviously he's not um madame jean is like comes in and she's like ah oh, this could be a problem for my whorehouse okay since all your whiskey is in my fucking basement and now there's this guy with a fucking subdural hematoma i'm gonna First need you guys you to clean this up your wife here that your mystery wife then your mystery wife fucking almost kills a guy. Now she wants to put a hole in that dude's head and she's ordering me around like I work for her. Is basically what it but is. But she also was in slightly she also was slightly impressed. Yeah. She's when like, she's like, I need a skull. I, I need a drill and I need this and this and this. And Madame Jean's like, hmm. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. So well. um then we get a montage. Of, well, it's not really a montage, but a scene of all the guys hurriedly moving all of the whiskey casks out of Madame Jean's basement. And I'm all like moving the casks out of the, where, the whorehouse like it's Tuesday. 
They're all just like, do, 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 whistle away, work. They're all scared, of course. They need it. It's a time pressure situation. And Ian's in there and Ian says, well, also, shouldn't we be worried about the print shop? What if they go to the print shop? Turns out that Ian, pretty dumb in some ways, pretty smart in others. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the times he's pretty smart. And Jamie mm-hmm. is like, nah, nah. What on earth could possibly happen there? Oh, I could be accused of a much worse crime with that I definitely committed, and they could find ample evidence with of it. shit tons of proof. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Let's just sell this booze, get it out of the basement, and then we can go about our business. Right. And then we get we flash to the apothecary where Claire has to go get the stuff for her old timey surgery, and there's <laughs> this uh, very entitled white man, old white man at the counter asking about things for his sister, and she tries to cut in front of him. She's like, "It's an emergency," and he's like, "So is my sister." And then there's this fight, and Claire just goes, "Hey, you know what? I'm a healer. I got some skills. If I promise to come and see your sister, can I just get in here and get my shit and get the out of here?" So he's like, "All right." And then she steps up and she's like, I need laudum, blah, di, do, ba, di. And she lists like six things. And the apothecary, uh, what, a, apothecary? Yes. Yeah, go, is all like, uh, uh, oh, damn. And then like turns around and goes and gets it. <laughs> and then Archibald Campbell is like, all right, you seem to know what you're doing. My sister's name is Margaret Campbell. You can come to my house tomorrow and see my sister. Be, and, and because of my generosity in letting you go first, it's going to be free. Yeah, isn't I'm not going gonna to pay you for your And visit. she's like, you just, you don't even know Whatever. me. You don't understand me because like I haven't charged for anything in a zillion years ever, except mm-hmm. for then I got hot, rich doctor money. But before that, I would be like, what, you need your tooth pulled? That's fine. No okay. problem. If just you've give got, me the, if you've got me the a fine cat pig to spare, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but here, just give me the pliers. And then we are treated to a moment of uh, remembering who young Ian's mother is because- <laughs> He's trying to unload these whiskey casks on this guy. Oh, yeah. Ian gets very excited. This is also not in the book. Ian gets very excited because Jamie was like, you and Fergus, you have to sell the shit as fast as you fucking can. Make like your goddamn Girl Scouts. Get rid of it now. Get rid of it now. If you have to take a loss, that's fine. Just get it gone. And they're like, me? 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 Well, Fergus just is cool because he's fine. He's like, whatever. But Ian's like, really? I get the job? Me? So it's Ian driving a bargain with some dude who's like, I'll give you 50 for it. And Ian's like, whoa, this is like fine French brandy. This is delicious. This is very high quality. And the guy's like, doesn't have the government stamp on it. So I am risking my butt by buying this. And then Ian's like, 75. The guy's like, 70. And then Ian's like, I'll give you three casks of creme de menthe in if you give me 75 total. And then this dude, this day player, I should try to find out his fucking name because we yell him so much. He... Lays out our new show motto. <laughs> We're not a man to refuse liquor at no cost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah. So oh. for the reference, we're, well, he says I'm. Mm-hmm. We're not a man. To refuse liquor at no <laughs> like cost. Period. Of we're not a man to refuse liquor at no cost. Even if it is creme de Who wants some cherry bounce? Oh. God, no. <laughs> no. Stop that. <laughs> this would be a point in the movie when it would be like, diddle, diddle, diddle to two hours from now. And Janine would be going, party. And sucking on the bottle of cherry bounce. <laughs> Trying to lick the inside of it. Oh, oh no. no. I've run out. I'm on my way to the social. <laughs> oh, Julie's moving into beer three, guys. Yeah. I got to slow down. Nope. Nope. So then he, they have achieved their goal of selling off all the whiskey at a modest profit. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to save my beer. That was Julie going to the to the half her beer because it poured real foamy. Yeah, I wasn't looking, and all I heard that's gonna. Be, I love it. <laughs> so what do they do? Just what every dude would ever do. They take all that money and they go to the bar. <laughs> but you know what? Strong ales for closers. <laughs> so they sit down with their strong ales and they discuss, for some reason, Claire. Well, obviously, the whole situation Ooh, that she they, got they started. They discuss Claire back at the at the man who won't say oh, no. Right after liquor. he buys it. Right. Yeah. And young Ian, understandably, is like, so did you actually know her? Because she's like my mystery ghost aunt. And I have no idea who she is. Did you know her? Know her? Fergus is like... Fuck yes, I knew her. And she was a badass, but also don't fuck with her. There were rumors that she took lives. And you're like, no, she did. Oh, yes, she yeah, absolutely yes, did. Yes, yeah, she no, absolutely she, did. This is a good episode for remembering that while they are hot and they have hot sex, and they are fundamentally decent people, I would say, Claire and Jamie are also pretty fucked up. They're they killers. do some really shitty things. Mm-hmm. Among them, fucking murdering people. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Which is not good. Yeah. Just don't murder people. So then at the bar, um, no, that's just them talking about, uh, that's just, sorry, this is before the bar. bar. Bar doesn't happen yet. Yes. So they are talking about Claire and then Fergus says a line that I really like about Claire and what the situation has become here. Uh, she's great, but I believe she's put us in a bit of a catastrophe, <laughs> which I was like, you know what? I need to start using that. Just a bit of a catastrophe. I Mm -hmm. want to say something about César Domboy, I think is how it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. César Domboy. There's this, because I'm re-listening to the audiobooks right now, trying to refresh my mind. By the way, I want to thank everybody who reached out to me to personally remind me of an upcoming plot point that explains why Claire didn't come to the past with 97 packs of birth control. Thank you for reminding me. I feel stupid for forgetting. All will be explained. Anyway, Patty. So, um... César Domboy. Um, I have been re-listening to the audiobooks to refresh myself. And uh, there was a line, and I think it's in Drums of Autumn, near the beginning of Drums of Autumn, where Claire watches uh, Fergus talking to someone who looks really surprised. And she can't figure out if the guy who's surprised is surprised because of Fergus's hand, which in the books is a hook and not a wooden hand. <laughs> or it's very piratey and hot. Um, well, or- no, I just thought of Buster immediately. Like, I went straight Buster Blue. <laughs> Of course, for seal, <laughs> loose seal. Of course, Fergus is way more smooth, but way more smooth. Mm-hmm. He he took one look at the the lady across the room and said, "She's a blurry area with points." It's <laughs> my favorite Buster line, <laughs> one of many. Anyway, um, so he, she's trying to figure out if he's surprised because of the hook hand or because of Fergus's quote unique patois. Because Fergus has a French accent with like weird Scots thrown mm-hmm. in, and we'll he was see a kid, right? Did, right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he grew up in France, and then I'm assuming continued to speak French with Jamie because Jamie speaks French, so I'm sure they spoke French sometimes. But then also then continued to grow up in Scotland with a bunch of Scottish people. Mm-hmm. So. It stands to reason that his accent would be pretty interesting, and sometimes he speaks in Gaelic and has like Scots turns of phrase, things like that. But I could hear it a little bit I today. Could too. It was I, like I thought about mostly that. French, and every once in a while he would sound a little bit Scottish. Mm-hmm. And I mean, first of all, he was very charming in this episode. I thought he did a really nice job. I can't wait to see him do more shit. Also, he's fine as hell. Mm-hmm. But that like 
Ooh, I'm going to have a little beer. Yeah. <laughs> it was an exaggeration, like but I really, really liked it. I think he's doing great. That's anyway. cool. Okay, so then we get back to the whorehouse room where Dumpy McDumperton's laying on the bed bleeding out, and Claire reaches into her sweet ass pocket and pulls out her modern surgical I'm in love roll. With this costume. Terry so dress box. She, I fucking love this costume. It's like her hand just disappears into the side of the skirt well, and pulls out. It's a Mary Poppins bag. Yeah, a uh, leather roll filled with scalpels and scissors. And I can't, I, I'm completely reminded of uh, in The Name of the Wind uh, with the cloak. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. I think that's why I like yeah. I like this so much because it's just like, well, that's a good story. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. So she pulls out all of the, her surgical implements and starts to get ready to go to work on this dude who tried to rape her. And J- for Jamie, it's like, does not compute. Um, I'll save it for spoilers. And then knock, knock, knock. Holy shit, Jamie. Sir Percival's here. Get down here. And so Jamie has to leave the room because he has to go deal with the shakedown guy who's come to find the whiskey part two. Yeah. Mm. And so he leaves the room and we follow him for a minute. There's one important thing that happens as Claire is getting ready to perform surgery on this douchebag. It's really minor and won't seem major to you guys, but we'll be major to book readers. Claire needs Mr. Willoughby's help. And she calls him Etienne Cha, Mm -hmm. not Mr. Willoughby. Mm -hmm. Um, which no, she calls him Mr. Willoughby throughout in the book. And I just really like that this woman takes the time to say his given name mm-hmm. uh, appropriately. Anyway, she, um, oh, he also has a really good line in the um, cask scene. I'm mm-hmm. very team this version. I'm team Etienne Choch. Team um, this version of that story as opposed to the book version. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like everyone is I very really relieved. like that actor. He just looks so sad all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's essentially being like her surgical nurse is right. helping her with mm-hmm. this dude. Um, so, so this is the first time he, he gets to see what kind of what a badass she is. Yes. So Jamie goes downstairs to deal with. And when she says, hold his feet, eat Tiancho, he goes, yes, honorable wife. Yes. Honorable wife. Why didn't anybody ever call me that? Uh, so Jamie goes downstairs and boop, 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 all the casks are gone, except there's something over here with some liquid in it. And we see Sir Percival and he's got a little toady with him. That's got a blind eye. And <laughs> Allison and I were both like mad eye moody. But then we decided that that wasn't a good enough nickname. So we're going to call him mad eye broody. And I think you actually once <laughs> called him bad eye broody, bad eye broody. Cause it's a, it's not, it is a bad, it's not eye. mad. It's bad. It's, it's really bad. Bad eye broody. And that is a cool as hell contact, or that actor had a very bad experience. I'm sure it's a contact. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe this guy might have, it was his dream to become an actor, and he suffered some sort of accident, and occasionally he gets work where he's playing a, this this kind of dude. This guy. So bad eye broody goes over to this thing where there's liquid. It's like... Mouse sounds for everybody. <laughs> no, it's just water. And Madame Jean, quick as a whip, turns around and she goes, oh, yes, we have a leak. And I'm always forever. That's why I can't store anything down here. God, she's so fast. <laughs> and they're like, mm, all right, we'll get you next time, Fraser. Oh, God, he has, I, we, did you write down any of his little sick I wrote burns? down the one, the sick burn that Sir Percival had in this scene is, don't make me regret hiring you. <laughs> To bad eye broody. It's just shade, shade, and more shade. And he's Mm. nowhere near as funny as Duke of Sandringham or Simon Callow. 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 I keep saying Callow, but that's like 
somebody else. It's <laughs> yes, a very different kind of Simon. Yeah. Another British Simon. Mm-hmm. Another Silver Fox. Another Shady. Another Shady Queen. Shady bitch. <laughs> but very different. Yeah. So uh, I actually wrote down, don't make me regret hiring you, Percival to Bad Eye Broody. Very Duke of Sand. Just to remind myself of that. <laughs> And then we are treated to an extended scene of the good old days and what head surgery was like oh, in that geez. time. I'm Jen. sorry, what did you say? Oh, shit. <laughs> Jen and I could barely watch. We were doing that thing. Like, I had my notebook in front of my face, and I'm like, nope, 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 oh. nope, nope. On the other hand, I was leaning forward like this. Oh, God. Allison, <laughs> Allison was actually being very kind. She's like, don't look, don't look, nope, don't look yet. No, don't look. Oh, don't look at that. So she... Um, <laughs> Get, luckily, he's bald. I was about to say she, she apparently shaves his head, and then I remembered he's bald. Very lucky. <laughs> That's a requirement. They were like, so we have to have somebody drill into your skull, so don't have hair or be willing to shave your head. And this mm-hmm. guy, Ian Cunningham, was like, I I got this. <laughs> so she takes a, a trephon. Trephon? Trephon? Yeah. It's a head drill. It's a head drill. <laughs> yeah, one of these guys. Oh, my yes. God. She, and they, oh, also, when she comes back in from buying the laudanum, he is awake and freaking the fuck oh, out. Oh, that's right. And then she's all pissed at Jamie because Jamie's fucking with his head, and you can see his eyes rolling. I don't know if it was that actor doing that or if he, if they made some sort of prosthetic or what, but his eyes were, like, rolling in his head. It was real gross. Anyway, she has Etienne Cha helping her to hold him steady, and she's poured laudanum in his mouth. So, so he's he out. Out. And then she takes it, and the sound is like this. It was awful. But with like more of a. Like a squishy, like squishy crunches. Yes, yes. Squishy crunches is the most perfect way I can think of. That's actually my new drag name. Squishy crunches. The new Miss Chicago Miss Squishy Crunches. But it was fucking gross. She also likes they do a close up for her basically drilling the pilot hole I guess with the well, scalpel so she, like yeah, she, she slices and then has head, to hash the apart and then, oh. it, dude the single grossest moment though is there oh. and then horrible. they get to a point where there's like a little a little stuck it's a little stuck and she goes and then it's <laughs> see I can barely even handle that right now and I'm not even watching it oh gosh and then I it's like Look wow. what I wrote. The sounds. <laughs> the sounds. They were watching. I want to say great effect. Good foley. Uh, I'm assuming most of you watched the little bonus thingies at the end, uh, but they took basically a full cast of the actor's upper body so that they could build something that uh, Katrina could drill into. She took trephining lessons. I don't know how you take trephining lessons, but she took trephining lessons probably into a cantaloupe. <laughs> I'm hoping. Right? <laughs> Maybe a musk melon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a mid-sized pumpkin. Are, are cantaloupes and musk melons the same thing? Are they? I don't know. I don't know. Are they? We're going to have to look that up. Does Not now, know? though. Somebody let us know on, I, on the Twitters. I thought it was a mid-sized pumpkin. And then I wrote the good old days. And then I wrote, somebody get me a bucket. <laughs> and so she's successful. Uh, well, I mean, she's successful in relieving the pressure. You yes. can tell because when she takes the thing up, blood is like, form, 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 form. But it's like a slow trickle because Julie was confused why she didn't have blood on her, on her, on her shirt. Remember Brianna's shirt. Mm-hmm. And my response was, Claire n- knows a lot about blood. 
Well, she doesn't know where it's coming from and where it will spurt out of, I assume. But I mean, like, literally, she was knees deep in that guy's skull. Come on. It should have just been, like, just one little but spot. It, but it never went, bloop. <laughs> just, like, right here. Bloop. Just one, bloop. Like, exactly. I mean, I, I get more Brianna's on me boss. when I'm eating nachos than she got when she was chilling <laughs> into this guy's skull. For just a second, I was like, how do you get blood on you while you're eating nachos? <laughs> like, what are you doing to your fingers? No, just, just do you have things dropping on my shirt. Are you, like, reaching into a pig and pulling out the meat and that's why it's called pulled pork? Like, no, no. It's, those chips are just really sharp. So, and, yeah, oh, damn. So my gums just hurt. The peppers are so hot that your tongue starts bleeding. Anyway. And so Jamie comes back. Uh, to the room after she's done this and unfortunately or fortunately because he was a real shit bag this guy died and Claire is very sad she's very shaken because and, she hasn't lost many patients and it know? is definitely not because she just treffened a dude because <laughs> even though I'm guessing she only knew how to do that because of like History books. books. Yeah. There's not, I Medical guess, I mean, history. Maybe when she was a nurse, were they maybe still treffening? They might have had to do that on on the battleground. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they wouldn't anymore. Well, mm-hmm. the, this certainly relieved pressure from the brain, but not with a fucking treffin. Well, like in, in, in the '60s, I imagine that that's still a that was still a thing. Is it? Or I'm, we're going to Google. Look this up. Maybe. Well, I mean, I'm going to have the power. Well, I'm going to say that probably in World War II, she might have had to do it on the battleground. Or assist with it I somehow. I'm gonna Google this shit. Also, yeah. maybe maybe she had to do it when she was working with Madame Hildegard, or Sister Hildegard, or whatever. In the what ifs? Oh, we're, now we're conjecturing. Hôpital des Anges. I cannot yeah. believe I fucking remember that. That's so awesome. It's so cool. Um, so Jamie comes in. She's sad, and he says, J- "God made this decision, whatever." And Claire's like, Psh, "I forgot to tell you, I'm a fucking atheist." <laughs> Hey, papist, I'm an atheist. She's not. Well, she's like, God had nothing to do with this, you know, which is fucking true because mm -hmm, there is no God. Anyway, Patty. (laughs) Okay. So trepanning, also known as trepanation, trepanation, trepanning, or making a burr hole. (laughs) (laughs) You know what burr hole sounds like? Butthole. Butthole. (laughs) I did it that time. You did it? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Pre-modern Europe. Um, okay, so maybe not. Renaissance periods, graveyards of pre-Christian, um, this custom suddenly disappears with the onset of the, of the Christian era. Modern medical practices, the prefrontal luectomy, leuctomy, lect, I don't know, a precursor to lobotomy, was performed by cutting a treffin hole in the skull, inserting instrument, and destroying parts of the brain, right? Um... Trepanation is a treatment used for epidural and subdural hematomas. That's this. And for surgical access to certain other neurosurgical procedures. Uh, Modern surgeons generally use the term craniotomy for this procedure. The removed piece of skull is typically replaced as soon as possible. If the bone is not replaced, then the procedure is considered a craniectomy. Trepanation instruments are now available with diamond-coated rims, which are less traumatic than the classical trepans with sharp teeth. (laughs) 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 No, shut your computer. Shut your computer. (laughs) They are smooth to soft tissues and cut only bone. So I guess we do trepan, trepan. There's gotta be, yeah, I mean, there has yeah. to be something. Trefon. Trefon. Speaking of a drag name, Trefon. Um, there has to be. Trefonation. <laughs> there has to be a modern equivalent <laughs> because there are certain procedures where you do have to drill into a skull. 
I think now you just take a screwdriver and go point sawzall. A screw gun? Okay, gross. So You know what? Janine just showed us we're at 35 minutes, and I am totally fine with five of those minutes just being jokes about trepanation. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. So Claire and Jamie kind of have a little fight about it, and Claire, Jamie, Jamie sees that Claire feels bad about it, and he's trying to make her feel better, and then she's like, you know what? I've got another patient I gotta go see. Well, she also says, I've been for the last 14 years of my life, this is what I've been dedicated to. I work really hard. I rarely lose a patient. Mm-hmm. And all doctors lose patients. But I believe her when she says she's really good because, man, she had a lot of very intense practice. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I got another patient. And then this is when we're treated to <laughs> Margaret Campbell. Well, Jamie is not happy about the other patient. Right, well, and and, uh, and all of this matters because if there is one arc through this episode, it's Claire and Jamie constantly being like, "Oh, right, really? I oh, forgot that you yeah. kind of suck." So she's just gonna go in his mind, just gonna go off in the city to people she doesn't know and not be around while he's in this crisis, and more importantly, not be in a place that's safe. Although, in Claire's defense, he left her in a place that's safe, and she almost got fucking raped. Although, yep. in my defense, I think it's a little dumb that somebody would be like, well, six hours ago, somebody tried to rape me after I traveled through time, but no worries. I'm going to travel the city all by myself. I'm just going to go walk down the street. I'm just going to go. And to each their own. But like, I mean, I, without going into details, no, nobody tried to rape me, but experienced a kind of traumatic thing a couple of weeks ago. And I still don't like walking to work by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it, but I still don't. Mm-hmm. That said, I am a fucking wimp, so. <laughs> oh, no. It's true. Uh, so that is interrupted by Ian and Fergus at the bar with their new dough. I uh, yes. love this scene. And it's Fergus and young Ian being dudes, hanging out. I mean, like, real male friendship model here. They are adorable together. Ian, obviously, is the more naive, innocent of the two. I mean... Fergus was at one point raised in a whorehouse. And so they like, start by talking about Ian's surprising knack for business. And Fergus is kind of saying we should go into business together. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. And I'm like, it's not a surprise given who your mom is. Yeah. Because he's like, just like your Uncle Jamie. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, just, just like, like your, your mom. mom. You know for sure that at some point someone was like, hey, here I am selling seeds to plant on your farm. And she's like, you can give me two cents and I'll take them. And they're like, fine. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, I don't know why. I don't know. And then they wander away. You're kind so of beautiful like, and intimidating. They wander away kind of like, what just, what, what just happened what, there? Oh, well. Okay. Um, so, but while Fergus is sort of talking to Ian about all this, Ian is very distracted. By a hot barmaid. Yeah. And Fergus mm-hmm. is like, I see you staring at her all the time, man. And this is when he gets off several of the best little one-liners in Outlander history. We're talking those coats level. We're talking what is fucking level. We're talking I closed my eyes and thought of England level, which I always forget and I think is basically perfect. Two of them. He gets two of them. (laughs) And this would be an appropriate point to tell you that while we're drinking a variety of things, one of the beers that we are drinking today Oh, yes. Is New Glare. Well, I'm going to say that it's a New Glare mm-hmm. beer, but we're going to tell you the name in just a second. So, uh, we're also drinking Empirical Brewery's Cold Fusion, Empirical Brewery. Exploring the science of beer. They're not even actually giving us beer right now. We're nope. just still saying this we shit because like we it. love it's them. Fun. Although it's we, fun. we haven't asked. We should probably ask. No, nah, we should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Anyway, so. Um, Fergus decides in a oh, br- but wait, he also calls I, him brother I should say it's not just friendly it's brotherly it's brotherly. I forgot one thing though 
they start this entire conversation off with Ian asking if whiskey dick is a real thing or if oh. whiskey really does make your dick harder. If French brandy makes you crook, makes your cook stand harder. And Fergus is like, I have found it to be the exact opposite. But if it's going to sell it, that's what but I tell whether people. Whether it's true isn't what matters. <laughs> yeah. It's whether they believe me that matters. And come on, look at me. Have you seen me? Of course Absolutely. they believe me. I <laughs> am French as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into the conversation and then Fergus sees Ian is distracted. And starts talking to him about this girl. Bridget. Was her name Bridget? I don't remember. Something like that. It was Mm-mm. a B name. Hot bitch. <laughs> We'll call her Bridget. Um, and Ian says, or Fergus is saying like, oh, well, why why don't you talk to her? And he says, oh, well, I don't know what to do. I'm, I don't do this. I don't know. And Fergus is like, all right, little brother, let me break it down for you. <laughs> so first, as they're talking about boning, Ian says, how old were you when you first laid with a lass? And Fergus says, 15. Menage et toi. And I was waiting for an oh shit, it didn't come. And Ian is like. <laughs> because my eyebrows mostly went up. Ian like, is like, what's that? He says, two women, one moi. <laughs> <laughs> so, the beer this we is when I tell earlier. you. By complete coincidence, because we, I could never have seen this coming, Jen Moniz brought with her a six pack of New Glarus Brewing Company's delicious two women. And I swear to God, I'm going to take a picture, I'm going to put it on the internet, and that's going to mean it's true. That's a line from this week's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, by the way. It was on the internet. It must be true. Um, so, it, two women. Two women. One, one more. What an awesome. Oh, fucking Fergus. And then, then he says, it was a religious experience. It's fucking 15. It's, it's, it's very we, charming. We all, we, all three of us were like, pause it. And then we just, we died just kind of cackled for a while. Like, yeah. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Uh, so, Césaire Dumboy. Good job. Two women. One, one more. more. That's coming back. It's the perfect Forever. level. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. be saying, well, you know, we need two beers. One, one more. more. Forever. Yeah, one wise. What do we have to eat today? Two dips. One One wise. Well, it's a callback to one of our other favorite jokes. Who has two thumbs and speaks limited French? This This moi. Yeah, this is my, of all, Julie, so Julie and I love 30 Rock. And at some point, if we haven't already done so, at some point in one of these episodes, you're just going to hear us go, oh, I, I'm pretty sure we've probably already <laughs> and done it's that. Just, it's every I'm once in a while, like every, gonna I'm going to guess every four months or so, Julie watch it. Julie and I watched the exact same episode of 30 Rock just for this Tracy Morgan <laughs> monologue. Anyway, um, but my favorite line from 30 Rock is, who's got two thumbs, speaks limited French, and hasn't cried once today. This moi. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time, and you're totally right. That it's a callback. Anyway, it's good. that's the first of two great lines he has in this shit. So, uh... And then the other one, then he talks him through, like, how do you talk to a lady? First of all, look her deep in the eyes and tell and her. He gives you the essentials. You just tell her she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. And then ask her if she wants a drink and tell her you will get her whatever her heart desires. And then the most important one, step three, repeat step one and two over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know what, Fergus? You're right. And it's a good, like, comedy banter, too, because mm-hmm. he, Cesar, ton boy, is laying it down. And then John, John, 
Brown, John, B, John, the Barry, actor's John name? Barry. Nope, that's David Barry's. I'm thinking. I'm I gonna find was it. it not Barry? No, it's John. It's John. Anyway, John cutesy Mc, blonde her face. I don't know. <laughs> John Bell. Thank um, you, John Bell. Goes, I, and then what comes next? He's like, very important. We beat steps one and two. <laughs> but he is 100% you right. Can. And then he reaches up his hand. The hot bitch comes over. Fergus, hat tip, takes his leave. And then the waitress is like, can I get you something? And he's, Ian's like, uh, no. <laughs> and she's like, I really thought I saw your friend beckoning me over. And he's like, uh, you're you- the most bonny lass in this place. <laughs> and she goes, hmm. <laughs> can I buy you a drink? Anything your heart <laughs> desires. <laughs> and his eyes are huge. And then she just, this She's a beautiful woman. She's very hot. Just looks at him and some tiny part of her heart goes, look at this cute little thing. Look at this thing. (laughs) I'm going to be able to train this bitch. And she plops her ass right down. And she says, whiskey. Whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) And we all cheered. And it was adorable. It's a really great scene. Now we're treated to some shittiness. Claire goes to the Campbell home to treat, uh, what's her name? Margaret Margaret Campbell, Campbell. Who is obviously suffering from... Some sort of either mental illness or um, possible neurological neurological disorder. disorder. We don't know. But her brother, Arthur, who's the worst, has been keeping her doped up because he can't deal with the fact that she has outbursts where she, like, he can't take her outside because she'll, like, run up to somebody and touch them and, like, say appropriate th- inappropriate things. Mm-hmm. Or, and so it's, you know, difficult for him. So he tries to keep her doped up except for when he... Pimps her out as a psychic. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So he really is just like the shit king of shit mountain. He stinks. Fuck this guy. He's the worst. So really what he's trying to do is find drugs to keep her calm because they're about to get on a boat and go on a long trip. We don't find that out till the end of the scene. But then Claire sits down and this woman is obviously out of her gourd on some sort of like laudanum style. He's been given her laudanum, which is essentially opium right in laudanum made out of opium laudanum laudanum yeah it's like um uh early morphine Mm -hmm. addictive oh Um, yeah highly addictive yeah uh what's his what's his name's wife uh tombstone come on wyatt earp wyatt earp's wife was a laudanum addict did you know that i did not the more you know Uh, also the more you know (laughs) just because i was looking up the name of the woman who plays margaret cable we'll get there i also noticed the name of the guy who pay who plays mad eye broody Harry Bad Eye Broody. Bad Eye Broody. The uh, street name, Harry Tompkins. <laughs> anyway, the, the actor's name is Ian Reddington. He was very good. And he is very handsome. Look at him. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so dashing. way to go. Great job, Outlander makeup team. You made him look skeezier than skeezy fucks. Yes, he looked real bad. Very technical term. (laughs) So Claire takes one look at this woman and knows. Oh, he was also on Shameless. Understands that there's something much deeper happening here. And she reaches out to take her hand. And then all fucking hell breaks loose. This woman like starts screaming and looks Claire right in the eye. And she asks her things about... Do you hear the tree toads screaming? The, do you hear the tree toads song? Uh, there's blood in the moon. Uh, and then she says, Abandaway. 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 Be careful. And uh, then she drops out of it. Like it was a. When Claire fugue. takes her hand away, 
Mm-hmm. It's because you touch, were right. It's touch related. She's touching her hands. Uh, this actress's name is Allison Pargeter, Pargeter, one of the two. Uh, and I thought she was great. Yeah, she did. Very spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly you come out of it not being freaked out, but being really sad, sad for her. Like this guy, he wants. So he doesn't want things to calm her, which is the that's the prescriptions that Claire gives him. They're both for like because like he wants to be able to tea. use her to make money. Mm. Uh, and mm. yeah, I know and he's really bothered mm. when she's ill the rest of the time. He only wants her to be ill when it's convenient, basically, which in and of itself is an understandable feeling. But he's not interested in her getting better. He's just interested in keeping her docile. So he, his complaint is that she'll walk up to people on the street and grab their hand and tell them things that they don't want to know, which fair. Yeah. But maybe figure out a way to prevent that from happening. That isn't keeping her in a fucking dead eyed stupor all the time. And then the other thing is also, he doesn't want her to get thrown overboard, which again, fair would happen. But the reason to do they're about that, to go on a big boat trip. Yes. That's oh, yeah. what comes but out at the end. Maybe don't totally. bring her to the West Indies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out though, that they've got a very wealthy client that is paying for them to come to the West Indies. And I'm sure that's coming back. Just we spoil We'll okay. talk about it in the book section. Okay. And then uh, we are treated to an adorable scene. Uh, also, she says no more laudanum. And he goes, yes. And you know perfectly well he's, he's just about to give her some fucking laudanum. Yeah, he's lying. Um, and then we flash to young Ian and hot Bridget uh, in the print shop. And so here they are. Two young lovers. Well, one young lover. I, I can't really tell how old Bridget is, but she obviously has oh, more experience. Young. She obviously has more experience in this realm than he does. She's seasoned. And they kiss for a while, and it's very He's cute. Singing her a song, He's and she keeps to saying, her. "You can't sing," and he keeps singing anyway. It's and it's very adorable. Sweet. And then she's like, "Let's go!" And she goes over towards his cot, and then he just like bends her over the cot and flips up her skirt, and she's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and he's like, "This is how the whores do is it." This isn't, how, isn't this how you do it? I've been in the whorehouse and I've seen the whores do it this way. And she's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> oh, I I don't want to go past one of her lines. Mm-hmm. Isn't this how you do it? And she says, didn't you say you work out of a kettle, Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I've seen the horse do it this way. And Julie kept saying, horse or horses? And then Jenna would go, horse. And Julie would go, but was that horse or horses? <laughs> and then I finally understood they were yes. talking about the whorehouse. But I think it's a really smart little callback because if you'll recall, when... Jamie was learning how to do the sexmify with Claire. He did he the said same thing. He was supr- no, he didn't. But he did say he was surprised that you do it face to face because he'd only he thought horses you did do it. it backwards, like horses. Okay, rear <laughs> entry, but not the butthole. But but the uncle <laughs> butthole. <laughs> but the but the uncle thought like horses. Mm-hmm. And the nephew thought, like, whores. <laughs> Asses. Which is funny. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, well, n- no, I'm not I'm not a whore tonight, am I? And he says, no, you're the most beautiful guy. And then he says to her the most, <laughs> after she takes his hands and just puts them on her boobs. And this John Bell, cheers. He gets this look on his face like he's died, gone to heaven. And, and then realized back. that all that heaven is, is to fluffy sacks of yellow fat. (laughs) Just those heavy boobs. (laughs) And he looks at her and he says, tell me how you like it and I will do whatever you want. And we're all like, yay! And like this, whatever you You want! want. And she's just like, 
You got it. Great. Lay down, bitch. Lay down. And he's like, (sighs) (laughs) it's great. It's great. And then we flash back to Claire and Jamie. And we, she comes back from visiting Margaret Campbell and she says, what happened to the guy? And Jamie's like, "Mm, we put his dead body in a cask of cream de menthe. Mm, Title. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, but won't somebody drink that? He's like, nobody in Scotland drinks cream de menthe. We drink whiskey. (laughs) Like somebody is. Also, it'll be really well preserved. Right. Can you imagine someday somebody's going to be like some, I, I don't know, fucking flinchy it's gonna be like mm, you know what i would like to go with my mm, haggis and my mm, whatever this is a nice strong <laughs> my pottage my pottage um, you know what would really really pair well with that creme de menthe <laughs> right and they're gonna be like okay hold on and they're hold gonna on, tap, tap, it around, tap it and it's gonna be like bug, 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 smell 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 <gasps> and then and then just a piece of hair is gonna come out <laughs> like no, a, a toenail <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, God. a small, perfectly circular piece of skull. <laughs> Gotta come out. God damn it. Ugh. So they're having that discussion, and then Madame Jean shows up and says, Hey, Jamie, Ian is here to see you. <laughs> and here's Daddy. Oh, his hair is gray and long, but he's still the same charmer. He is very surprised to see Claire. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. It's kind of so weird. So here's a thing I'm not going to say for the spoiler section because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. In the books, um, they, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. In, In the, the books, books. There's a, that, that was for you, Jed Lander, drunk Lynn. Um, <laughs> but oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. But so oh. in the books, um, uh, the whole thing with Claire not having clothes, part of it's a result of them being, it's going to sound so dramatic and it is part of it's the result of them being chased through the streets and somebody rips her dress. Oh yeah. You told me about right? that. You mentioned that last so week. So then she can't get clothes. So she doesn't, and she can't get breakfast and there's all of this chaos because this maid couldn't come in, which we'll talk about in the spoiler section. There's a reason for that. And, um, so she goes down to have breakfast with the whores and Which then the madam sends her back Hashtag woman secret. Right? Hashtag yeah. woman secret. Um, but while, before Jamie leaves, uh, Ian shows up and knocks on the door to come into the room and is shocked that he's in a brothel, like knew that he was, uh, that his business was unsavory, but didn't realize that he was living in a whorehouse um, and is being a little judgy and um, concerned and Claire and and Claire is naked in bed, hiding Oof. under a sheet. And Jamie comes over to try to explain to Ian what's going on, and just yanks the top of the sheet no, down, just man. to her head, just to her head. Okay. Don't worry. And she goes, "Hello, been a long time, hasn't it?" <laughs> oh. And then he doesn't immediately die of shock. So I actually think this is—it's a very like—he's fu- very happy, obviously, but it's a very like funny, jokey scene. But it's also that and I think he, this is tonally way better, honestly. I think it. There's something underlying it too, though, which is. Why didn't you tell us? There's kind of like a weird, like he, he's happy to see her, but he's astounded. Like, where have you been? Where did you go? Yes. And he, she, they do the whole Boston, blah, 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 lie. Well, not lie, but you know, different time. (laughs) And she says, I thought Jamie had died. And there's, he just seems a little bit 
off about like why why wouldn't you have come and why wouldn't you why come didn't back? You come to us, right? He doesn't say that, but there's this undercurrent. Like this actor is very good. There's this undercurrent of and his eyes I are filled with tears. I don't 100% pick up what you're putting down, but I'm just glad to see you. Is that, that's what it felt like to me? Yes, yeah. But but he says Jenny and I grieved you for many years. Yeah, and that's like burn. <laughs> and in. Mm, Claire's defense, Jamie might have said something other than she's gone. Don't ever talk to me about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have said just something. He might have said something. I, I sent her to France. I sent her to Boston. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or he could have just said she's dead and not she's gone. And mm-hmm. then it would have been less. I don't know. Uh, Jamie's maybe not always the greatest yeah, well, at telling he, he the thinks, truth about something. He thinks he's right all the time. He does think he's right all the time. Uh, he's right most of the time. We have some. It's, this is a big deal. We have some things to add to the list of things that Jamie is bad at. Mm-hmm. But one of those things is not saving somebody from a burning building. Yeah, we're about to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, the con- Ian is there looking for, for his son, looking for young Ian, and we find out he runs away a lot. And before um, they even leave the room to go talk to Ian, Jamie says to Claire, oh, he's probably here looking for young Ian. Don't say you've seen him. She's like, what? He says, well, I'll explain later. And then Jamie just says, no, I haven't seen him. I'm sure he's fine. (laughs) And daddy Ian is all like, well, that's funny because every time he's ever run away before, he always ends up with you. <laughs> and Jamie's like, nah, man, nah. And continuing in Claire being not a very good liar, you can see, and Katrina Bethesda does a great job. You can see her be like, what? Come really? on. Really? And it's it's minor, but it's totally in her face. She's like, this guy. But the... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and... This will come up in a discussion they have later, but, you know, mm, Jamie certainly has fathered children and has certainly played a part, albeit sort of covertly, in the raising of one of them and obviously has a bunch of nieces and nephews he cares about a lot. But he's never, like, had to do the day like in, the day, day out. of parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in some part of his brain, he must think this is no big deal. It doesn't... It's. Um, for such an empathetic character, it's actually a little it's bit weird. Callous. Yeah, and he does lie about it in the book, but the circumstances are different. Mm-hmm. Ian hadn't really been there for very long, and um, there was a basically he didn't want Ian to be in the kind of trouble he might be in if right. they couldn't figure out the best way to bring it up to his parents and stuff. It's uh, the situation is a lot more nuanced, nuanced. than that. <laughs> um, and here it just feels a little bit like, well, I know what's best, and that's not what it is in the books. There's a touch of that, but it's other things too. It did. In fact, this episode, until he runs into a burning building, I was kind of anti-Jamie this episode. I have to admit. I was not anti that face, but I was a little bit anti anti most of that behavior. I'm anti his behavior and the way... Whatever. Even though some of it's understandable, him uh, there, he is absolutely right. Like in the conversation where Claire is like, "Well, I'm just going to try to save him," and then once he's well, you can bring him to the authorities. And Jamie has to be like, nah, "Dude, bitch. you need to remember that you're not in the fucking future anymore. If you say, oh, well, this man tried to rape me,' they're going to go, huh? You're a woman we don't know anything about who's living in a, a whorehouse. A whorehouse. So and now this guy is dead. So it's not even he said. Sh- he said she said. It's she said. But fuck her. This guy is." 
dead. It's he said, whore said. <laughs> whore said, I said. <laughs> so, so he's um, not wrong about everything he says. Mm-hmm. And also, Claire just maybe could have let Fergus go with her to the fucking dude's house. Yeah, why not? It's not that complicated. But um, he doesn't always handle it the best. And this scene in particular is the one where I'm like, man, what an asshole. Mm-hmm. And after Ian leaves to go try to find his son in a city where, coincidentally, his son is currently trapped in a burning building. We'll get there. Well, not yet. Right I now, know. he's trapped inside Bridget. Well, <laughs> I'm assuming they're happening relatively concurrently because mm-hmm. while they're having this fight is when they find out about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, Ian leaves to go look for him and Claire looks on disapprovingly. And then we cut back <laughs> to Bone Town. Uh, and Ian is getting it hard for Bridget, who's riding him to Bone Town. <laughs> yeah, and he is into it and it is great. And then she hears a noise. Zoe Barker. Hi, Zoe Barker. Very good job. Good giving and game, as they say. Yeah, she stops and she's like, did you hear that? And he's like, no, man, no, just keep going. Come on. And then she starts again. And then you definitely hear a sound. And he's like, "Mm, I heard that. And so they stand up and start and they look through uh, the window in the print shop and they see bad eye broody is there tossling through all of Jamie's shit, trying to find a cask of whiskey. And he keeps turning his head in one direction or the other to try to see what's around him. (laughs) And his hair is flapping. (laughs) What's the name? What's the name of the actor? Brendan Gleeson that plays Mad Eye Moody? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Also, he was well, very no, good. that's Brody Crush Jr. Never mind. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to find a way to bring David Tennant up again. <laughs> I so, mean, we'll take the time. So, I'm always down with so the guys, David yeah. Tennant. <laughs> Young Ian goes to confront no, Mad Eye Seriously, have you seen that hair? Okay, I know. No, he done. looks very good. Um, Young Ian goes to confront confront Bad Eye Broody, who can't find anything. He can't find any whiskey. And he's like, you're not going to find anything here. And then he starts fighting. Oh. Well, first of all, he tells the woman to get the fuck out. He's like, Bridget, I love you. First thing. Hope I, hope I see amazing. you soon. Go out this door. There's do a door to the alleyway. Run. Don't turn back. Run and do not look back. GTFO, you. you beautiful, beautiful Last. Thank you for what you did for me this evening. <laughs> and then he goes in and confronts Bad Eye Broody. It does not go well. They get into a scuffle. At one point, Bad Eye Broody throws him up against a cabinet wall and the, the door opens. And what's inside? Oh, seditious pamphlets. Seditious magazines. Oh, yeah, oh shit is oh. right. So this is worse than bootlegging oh. because this is treason. God right? damn. From someone who has already pardoned for treason. Mm-hmm. So... Working under a secret identity. This is really bad all around. And I have to say, Jamie was all like, no, they're so well hidden. No one is going to ever find them. They're in a cabinet. No, they're in a uh, some sort of secret panel. Because Ian talks about it later. Yeah. But all apparently you have to do is throw one teenage boy with a halfy <laughs> into the secret it's the panel. It's to put it over the edge. Right. It was, that was the extra weight. It was just that tiny, tiny bit of engorged appendage. And it just popped right open. Um, like a lass's dress. And then, and then there are all of these seditions. So bad everybody's all like flipping through it. Mm, I'm very interested in your newsletter. This is gonna go over I real like well with Sir Percival. <laughs> he shoves a bunch of bad news. He shoved him into his coat. No. They scrub. And then let's talk about what happens next. Young Ian turns around and there's a stove with something boiling on it. First of all. What the fuck? Why? I know Young Ian lives Jordy's there. around. I nope, Jordy quit. That's yeah, but, very clear. Jordy does Jamie not work here. Jamie was going to go back and convince Jordy to come back. But it, you know what it did to me, though? It really 
it did nothing to quell my normal, like I'm in the middle of my day somewhere in the loop when I go, did I leave the oven on? (laughs) (laughs) Has anyone ever had that moment where you're just like, holy shit, is my gas flooding my home right now? Yes. Because who, who left this situation happening? It looks like maybe it's glue. Maybe for the printing, but like, seriously, it's a live fire. Elbows, bitch. Sorry, I ran a whole <laughs> bunch of paper. Like, paper, fire. Everywhere. Bam. Paper everywhere. Paper hanging from the ceiling. Paper in stacks and secret boner compartments. <laughs> <laughs> so young Ian turns around and grabs a ladle of whatever the glue is. Uh, you're right. I think it is glue. Probably glue. And throws it at Bad Eye Broody's face. Hits him in the good eye. Oh! I think it hits him in the bad eye. Whatever. Because he doesn't immediately fall over and start yelling, I'm blind. <laughs> I got a touch of the fizzies. <laughs> oh, second arrest of development. So they scrap. Fucking Bad Eye Broody escapes with a whole bunch of the zines. And then fucking the print shop catches on fire. Like it's fast. Like fast fire. And Ian is trying to stamp it out. And I was so worried because fucking everything they own is cloth. And, and there's and so much paper in there too. Right? And it's just like, boop, boop, boop. And then they cut to a shot of just paper. Just hanging from the ceiling. Just paper everywhere. And Ian... I get that whatever room he was in, because he had to like open some sort of back door to let Bridget out. So I get that probably there isn't an exit, but he doesn't try to run through the flames and he doesn't break a window. Yeah. He like doesn't, he's just there panicking. And then we cut back to Claire and Jamie and they're having a fight where Claire is like, what the fuck are you doing? You're torturing your fucking family. What the hell is wrong with you? And he's like, but Frank, and it is a stupid, terrible and, and fight. And it's not just, but Frank, it's also, but Frank and Brianna bikini. And it's like, you need to go Sit away down from my face right now. <laughs> I don't care how fucking hot you are. You are on my last nerve. Yeah. He's basically saying, so first, and actually, you know what? Mm, we haven't is, mentioned all the people that have said to him, you haven't told her yet this entire oh, yeah. episode yeah. too. That's the been whole happening episode, the whole just episode. like last week. People keep being like, mm, shouldn't you tell that what that wife of yours that secret? This we time we say hear the, what it is. This time we actually hear the wife word though. No, but it's at the end. What's the very last time? It's Fergus. Oh yeah, you're at the right. Very end. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so they're having this fight, and I have to say, it occurred to me just now that I think that that this is really well written because of course Jamie feels incredibly guilty. Of course he does. So of course he would turn this argument into a chance to throw anything else he had so he doesn't have to feel like he's responsible for what's happening. So mm-hmm. so the first thing is uh, Claire's like, what? You, you don't understand what you're killing your brother-in-law and sister right now. What are you doing? And he said they're they're his parents, and he says, "And I'm Brianna's father." Ugh, gross. And it's like, what? okay, so I get that you're upset, but you sent her back. She wanted to stay. She wanted to stay and die with you. I don't remember if this is in the show or not. I think it is. Does she say something about wanting to find men's clothes so that she can go on the battlefield with him, or is that just in the book? I don't remember that, but and the, my but memory, the like I said, is a cheese the grater. only reason she agrees to go back is because he says. I'm going to die and you're pregnant with my child. You have to go back and save this baby because that way a part of me will live on. It's the only reason she agrees to go back. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about her own life. I mean, like you can tell from the way she behaves when she gets back, she, she would fucking rather be dead than not be with Jamie. So, so there's that. So and first he's like, and he's like, what about lying? 
why you lied you lied and she's like you lied you lied and he and then she says white lies that don't yeah because she said when did you start lying to your family and he's like well you're forgetting that we lied our way through our whole lives together she says white lies are different and he goes i didn't know there were shades of lies i didn't realize lies had shades and my response was that did though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very shady and she's understandably like well you, Come that, on. but it's not you're you're emotionally torturing your relatives for no good reason and that's when he's like yeah well mm, i'm brianna's father and she's like and then he starts pushing her about frank and she says frank randall was a great father to brianna which he was and we know that because we have watched the television show. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I bet he was. Was he a great husband to you too? She's like, I have no idea what you're talking I about. I was very fun. I cared for him deeply. I didn't love him after. I loved him yes, before because you. he says, I haven't fallen in love with anyone. Have you fallen in love and with anyone? And then he actually says, did you love Frank? And she's like, I cared for him very deeply and I did love him once before you, but you need to back the, what the right. fuck is wrong with you? Also, yeah. he is coming is from a guy out. who's still hiding a secret and we don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. nah. then it's, oh, well, it seems like he must have been a great parent because of the fucking bikini photo. Blow me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Blow me. And she at the touch says, oh, it's all the girls wear them. It's a different time. And then he starts talking about her virtue. And at your point, like, oh my God, dude, remember that time you took an entire episode to learn you shouldn't beat your fucking wife? We're going to need you to fast forward to the point when you're not like, she brought you a picture of your daughter looking happy and healthy. That is the only thing that fucking matters. The only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And then she says, well, that's rich coming from someone living in a whorehouse, which fail. Oh point. Fair fucking point. And then they are continuing to have this terrible argument. And then boom, somebody comes in. Madame Jean Madame and Jean. says, your print shop's on fire. Uh, by the way, Randomly looks like she's wearing a retainer in this scene. I she's didn't notice not, it. I think she must just have really shiny teeth. Or and it was hitting. donkey dentures. <laughs> no, I think it was shiny teeth. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I forgot about the doggy. She's got doggy teeth. Oh, elbows. Sorry. And then um the so they have to go running to the print shop, cut back to the print shop. And it's on it's fucking so, it's fire. It's on so much fire. And Jamie, like Jamie. It's so on fire. He's it's like, practically a pitbull song. <laughs> Fireball. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Julie, we missed our song joke. Which one? Ah, oh, wait, wait, we're, we're going to bring it back. Are we're we? going to bring it back. Okay. Yes, we will bring it back. So let's just get through the episode first and we'll bring it back. So Jamie runs into the fucking on fire print shop because he's like, Ian's in there. And he runs in, throws his cloak over Looking his face. around through the fire and all the smoke and he sees him over there. But he's on the upper level. And then he like and Errol Ian flins is passed it. out on the floor. He Errol fucking flins it. He throws his scarf over his shoulder like Max Power and jumps down into the second floor, into the first floor, like whoo, poof. Lands. And according to Matthew Roberts, Roberts. or maybe mm-hmm. Ron Moore, whoever, in the at the end of the it episode, was Matthew, in Roberts. The, Matthew Roberts, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Huon did ninety percent of the stunts in this scene, and I guarantee you that jump was not one of was them. the jump. Yeah, he did not do that. <laughs> he might have landed, and they filmed it. It was like Betty White and the Golden Girls when she did the dance sequence and then came up, and it was the wig. But it was anyway, Patty. So he gathers him up and gets him out, and everybody's freaking out. But well, he has is alive. to. So he has to. <laughs> Push the the printing yes. press. That's another thing where I was like, really? 
He has to push the entire printing press over so that he has a way to get out of the lower level. Mm. And it's like, this place is on fire. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh. he doesn't. He doesn't. No, I mean, come on. We've seen those pecs. That dude has been lifting. By the way, he our informal s- Twitter poll says that those pecs are too much. But yeah, he needs to calm that down. <laughs> Some peck defenders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peck defender. I mean, I would still hit it. I mean, I would hit it too, but I would also be like maybe putting my hands over that general area. Well, I'd be worried Boots. about my eyes. <laughs> What's nice though is that you can like rest your nose in between them. <laughs> so anyway, Patty, he saves you. Wait, I'll just leave this again. And also, I forgot to mention this. He runs around inside the print shop trying to save things, including a picture of Willie that he saves from he a vase. A picture, he grabs a picture yeah. of his son. So he gets Ian out, and there, and the old-timey fire department is holding everybody back, and Claire is understandably losing her fucking mind. And they've got their pump truck, which we saw at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they're just tiny little stream of water with this huge building just on flames. And um, Jamie, like, corners... Atancha. How do you say his name? E Tia Cha. E T I think. I E So it's so it's Y space. T I E N space. C H O. So E Tia Cha. Yeah. So Jamie gets him and says, Hey, here's some money. You need to pay off our two lackeys and you need to lay low for a while. You need to get out of the picture. Because this shit's about to come down. Also, I think maybe book Easter egg, for those who've read. One of them, their last name is Hayes. So I assume that's Archie Hayes, um, who will be important later. Or no, I guess it's Joseph Hayes. I don't remember. There's an Archie and there's a there's somebody. Anyway, Hayes. Is Hayes. there a Jughead? No, but Hayes. There's a Hayes. And, <laughs> and it's an important Hayes. And then followed by another important Hayes. The episode, the episode ends with Fergus being like, so, have you told Claire? <laughs> Well, because Jamie says, because um, Ian, after he, <laughs> his way back to life, his first words are not, but I never got to come. His first words are, oh, for all I know, that might have been round two. We don't know. Yeah, we let's don't know. Ian, we weren't there. Let's hope Ian got one out. Anyway, um, he says, Uncle Jamie, the man. <laughs> So Claire needs to take some of that weed, put it in the pipe so he can smoke it. Anyway, um, he tells him that the guy took a bunch of the Z's (laughs) and that he was going to Sir Parasaval. And Jamie's like, well, fuck, we need to get the fuck out of town. We're going to go to another city. I don't remember what city it was, but I know it wasn't Aberdeen or Dundee. Yeah, he gets shady about Aberdeen (laughs) It was really funny. Comically overplayed was like, better than him being on the streets in some other city. Like Aberdeen (laughs) or or Dundee. Like, what the fuck do you know about Aberdeen or Dundee? <laughs> I mean, probably a lot. Probably, but I mean, I mean if those cities spoke a different language, mad. he would speak that language. I like, was just that's mad at Jamie this entire episode. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even get to have angry sex. No. Or makeup sex. Come on. Anyway, um, so he says, they're, oh, shit, we got to get out. And, and Claire is like, yeah, we do. We have to take your nephew back to his parents. And he takes one look at her face and is like, fine. You right. I'm going to... Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. So he goes to Fergus. It's like, well, here's do this thing, do this thing, do this thing. And also find fucking Ned Gowan. You tell him to get the fuck to Lallybrock with news. And uh, about the matter we discussed. And Fergus is like, okay, cool. But in that risky, because like mm, your wife, have you told her about your wife? He's like, no. And 
it's not anywhere near, I forget. I, ugh, I should know. There's the place where Jamie's wife lives. But, 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 it started with a B. Um, Brigmorda. Uh, it's Brigmorda. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is not anywhere near Lady Brock. B- or no, it's Bri- whatever. <laughs> Brachmorda is Lady Brock. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> anyway, Patty. So, um, and Fergus is like, yeah, but, but dude, uh, you probably should have told me, her. Let me give you some advice for what to do after you get back to Lady Brock. First, tell her she's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. <laughs> Second, Ask her if she wants a drink. Third, let her punch you right in the balls. <laughs> just right in the nuts. Just let her, just get it over with. Two punches and one more. What? <laughs> <laughs> and that's our setup for next week. And then we get a next week on that is deeply stressful. Including some sh- um, some more shit that's not in the books. So uh, let's do our little scales. Okay. So that we can do, and our, and our uh, TGP. Mm-hmm. Which I keep calling GVP, <laughs> but it is literally the golden pample most TGP. Yeah. TGP. Thanks mm-hmm. again, Dr. J, Dr. Mm-hmm. Julie, teaching us fundamentals. Um, <laughs> so let's do our scales and our TGP. So let's talk about costuming. Um, I'm tired of inventing scales. So let's just talk about Okay, we'll just talk about it. for the costumes. Um, uh, what, is it, it's all going to be Ken Burns baseball from now on. Better or worse than Ken Burns baseball? Well, um, I mean, I've I really never like Ken Burns baseball. I've actually never seen it, but I bet it's pretty good. Ken Burns Civil War? Um, yes, it's it is not as good as Ken Burns Civil War. It's probably between Prohibition and the National Parks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we got to see more of the bat suit, which I really like. That pocket shot was hot. Uh, but honestly, it's not a costume like, heavy episode. Quote unquote costume I remember best is the weird Game of Thrones moment with all the. Yeah, they, the, they had a weird sex position moment in the whorehouse where like. And it wasn't technically sex position because there wasn't any exposition happening. But it was weird. Like you got to see people fucking in the background. There was no reason and there was for a lot it. Of like, mm. wow, wow. And it was not. <laughs> and boobs. And it's like, come, it, who cares? Okay, why? I mean, it, it is a whorehouse. But, I but mean, no. I will say this. Uh, a lot, those women were of varying ages and body types. That is very to true. where they're all svelte. That is 100% true. So that's good. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I agree. It was fine. But yeah. I love that bat suit. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. The pocket was really good because it's hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, they're makeup effects. But both the body double in front of the fire. Yes. And the, the fake treffening and the milky eye. All A plus. Those were all very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, fucking. <laughs> Nothing. No, there's not. Oh, wait, young Ian. Oh. Also. It feels like the first time. That wasn't what we were going to do, though. It feels like the very first time. We got to do time. We have no, a new song just for young Ian, and it goes a little something like this. Ah. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> It must have been something you can. <laughs> I should have walked away. I should have walked away. But you didn't. Instead, you got deep into Bridget. So that and was pretty there cute. was a fire. Yeah. Ah, I got smoke inhalation in your arms tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will give that a slightly higher rating because it was very cute. It was. And you know what? It's... Yeah, everybody should be able to lose their virginity. What's in a, a movie way. about losing your virginity that's actually cute and not smarmy and gross? The 40-year-old virgin? 
Okay, yes. That's actually there really, you go. Yeah, Perfect. Right. Yeah, funny, cute, a little bit sexy, but only a little bit. Yeah. Because it's not about being sexy, but it's a little bit sexy. Mm-hmm. And he just looks like he's died and gone to heaven. It's the best I, thing that's ever j- happened to him. It's great. Mm-hmm. There are a, there are a lot of people out there with less than positive experiences losing their virginity, ranging from total horror stories in terms of like actual terrible shit and to like uncomfortable weirdness. But I hope that most people get experience where either they're deflowering someone or they're deflowering themselves. They're losing their virginity. What about well, at least one of the deflowering? Parties. Well, then everybody's just getting elbows in their eyes. Well, not necessarily. Two flowers oh, yes, one, I one forget. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mine was magical and a double deflowering. That's wonderful. Mine was neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get an elbow in my eye. That's good. That's good. Um, I, anyway, I think there's something really charming about this kid just looking like it's the best day it of was, his goddamn he, life. That actor is very good, and I'm John looking Bell. forward to more yeah, of him. Very, yeah. very good. It was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, I agree. 40-year-old version is good. I would also go with like, oh, like a can't hardly wait. Mm-hmm. Like something teeny and mm-hmm. fun. But I would not go with American Pie because that's smarmy as hell. Yeah, no, it's well, not American go, Pie. Um, all right. And the last one, getting up to get a drink. I didn't get up to get a drink, but we did pause several times, mostly because out of delight. One time to read the closed captioning when Margaret Campbell was having her fugue state. And I'm not going to talk about this particular thing. So for book readers, it's because when she was saying, a bend away, a bend away, I assumed maybe she it was some Gaelic word for banshee or something. So we put on the closed captions and then Jen looked it up and it's not, it's abendawe. And I don't know that that's how it's pronounced, but that's how Davina Porter, Porter pronounces it in the audiobooks. So right. I, it's abendawe, which is a significant thing later in the season. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I also didn't... No, I did get up to get a drink, but it was when we had paused it. Yeah. It's, this isn't my favorite episode. It's not. But it it there's wasn't not, mine either. But it's very tense. There's not really a place where you can be like, well, mm, who cares? I'm yeah, no, it didn't feel like that. It just kind of felt like... Mm, Seems like it was a good episode to like remind ourselves that these are not like... Infallible characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think it was really well done, yeah. but it wasn't the most fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. I don't, agreed. That, I don't need that much reality in this. Thing. I also truly need like ninety percent less skull drilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's more gross stuff coming up. Mm, Sorry, great. Sorry, bro. Wait till you get to the point when she uses maggots to debride tissue. You know what? <sighs> I Julie, get it. Is there going to be a leech bleeding somebody? Uh, there are leeches, but they're not. Oh, no. Yep, there are leeches. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I was about to say there are leeches, but they're not uh, being used medically. But that is not true. She does use leeches medically. Uh, Julie, it's okay. I'll just tell you when to not look again, and then I'll be sitting next to you going, <laughs> Leeches are blood-sucking slugs. There's nothing worse. Yeah, but sometimes you've got, like, a very serious leg wound, and your leg is all swollen and filled with blood. And then, you know what might come in handy? Our friends, the leeches. Oh. But I would need you there to help me because the best way to get them to pop off is to cover them in salt. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I'll let you know when that is happening. Uh, So let's do our TGP. Julie, Mm -hmm. do you have one? I'm going to say Young Ian. John Bell? Yeah, John Bell is my TGP. He was a delight to watch. Um, The entire story of him running away all the time is very interesting to me because it seems like, why, why? So I'm 
excited to learn more about that. Uh, yeah, that's mine. Uh, I am tempted to pick Katrina Buff Mama Mama because this is like, I mean, the zillionth episode in a row where she's been really great and we've never picked her. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming I'm picking her next week just based on what's going to happen. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say John Bell too, because mm-hmm. he was so great. And that, oh, that scene between him and maybe I'll do a tie. Maybe César Domboy and John Bell. <laughs> and two Jean women. Bell. One moi. Oh, I mean, two TGPs. One, one moi. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. I yeah. thought they were really great. So yeah, really good episode. Um, at this moment, before we go into the spoiler section, which in which I just... I'm going to try not to ruin things for Julie, but we got a lot of shit to talk about. And hey, book readers, I'll say this now. Uh, If you want to chat about it more, um, find me on Twitter. And honestly, my direct messages are open. You can send me a message because we should try to avoid spoiling things for people. I know a lot of you are marked as accounts that say outlander spoilers, and that's fine. But I, as a person who writes about TV professionally, I can't just like throw spoilers in my thing. I can't. So send me a message. Um, Anyway, at this point, I want to read our Patreons, our Patreon patrons. As always, we want to thank those who are giving at our two highest reward levels. That is Yvonne Kaiser and Gavin, Katie Kirshner, Amanda Newton, Beth Locke, Heather Moore, Ruth McCormick, Lid, L-Y-D. It's, it's L, uppercase L, lowercase Y, uppercase D. Lid. We're just going to say Lid. <laughs> Lid. Um, uh, Trish McCrary, Kara Marlowe, Catherine Galindo, <laughs> Kiki the Wise, who sent Baby. us an email this week. I'll show you after. Oh, God, I forgot about her email account. Yeah. Flourish yeah. Root. Cool. Uh, yeah, we talked That's about it last sweet. week. Mm. Cherry Bounce, bitch. Cherry Bounce. Bounce. Flourish <laughs> Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, Teaching Fundamentals, Friday Payton, Jen Lander Drunklin, and of course, Kathleen Moniz. On this particular episode, because thank you so much, we got so many new patrons this month. I'm just this one time going to real fast read all of your names because you're just wonderful and I can't, so we're going to be able to do some really cool things. And in fact, already had to pay for a bigger Libsyn account because we maxed out our storage this month. Yeah. And that's what paying, <laughs> we already bumped up once. So anyway, thanks to the rest of our Patreon patrons, <gasps> Kristen Flannery, LM, Sarah Russell, Anna Pereira, Jessica Ruzik, Mary Frances Banner, Tori Bryan, Meredith. Ottery, Laura Feldman, Sean Barrett, Jennifer Greb, Becca Stamp, Jill Cardinal, Laura Dixon, Amanda Early, Keenan Caldwell, D. Crawford, Jennifer Moniz, Savannah, Kelly Bodden, Rose Cardiel, Elizabeth Young, Alana Myers, the breastfeeding mom, Jenny Graves, <laughs> Susanna Grinnell, Kate Gibson, Heather Johnson, Monique Arenas, Emily Ross, Helena, Aaron Kruger, Liz Tarr, Claire White, Molly Mullen, and our friend Al Iverson. <gasps> no! Who gives us four dollars well, a month first. for he no reward first, and right? has never heard the show? Yeah, Al Iverson. Someday he's going to be bored. He's going to pick a random episode to listen to. It won't be this one, but this will be the one where we say thank you. <laughs> uh, so thank you to all of you. It's really, really great, and it's incredibly helpful. And um, we're going to keep finding cool things to do in return. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/podlandercast on Twitter at podlandercast on Instagram at my account, which we're using more now. We did a little Instagram live before the episode. So today, um, so maybe eventually I'll change my name to just being a drunk cast name so we can use it for that purpose. But for right now, you can find me at Allison Shu. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Allison Shu, find Julie on Twitter at Julie Starby and find Janine on Twitter at Pagel underscore Aaron. He loves all the things you send him. And I'm really glad that he is such a fan favorite. <laughs> I, man, I, I really will love everything. The number <laughs> of gifts we got about Janine being hammered. 
It's a high number. <laughs> Man, I'm actually I like per, uh, embarrassed about how drunk I was, but also uh, bad to pride getting uh, compared to Kristen Wiig in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, like I said, we all, we all get one or 12. Mm-hmm. I'm already at like eight. You can yeah. also ask Kiki the Wise, a.k.a. dots underscore poetry underscore, underscore corner, corner, a.k.a. Kristen. You can also send us an email at podlanderdrunkcast at gmail.com. That's a great place to send questions, thoughts, meows if you're a deaf cat. I don't know if Hi, any Sophie. of you could hear that, but Sophie just meowed. Um, or anything else you want to share. Um, or, you know, get in my Twitter DMs when we talk about books. So at this point, if you have not read the books, you should sign off. If you have, stay put. I'm going to pretend we're going to play Yakety Sex, but no, I don't want to make that pl- work for Aaron. You know we're going to play. What? I just died in your arms tonight. Must have been something you did. I should have run away. I just changed it to run so that I could roll my R again. I should have run to the whole house. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Je suis spoiler. A term now being used by fucking BuzzFeed Australia. What? You guys. What? It's I know. There's another Daphne on there. Yes. It's like, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it does feel really weird. It's because it's happening all of a sudden. It's really strange. Anyway. Um, so, would, God, there's a lot of shit to talk about. So, Archie Campbell in the books is a a free church minister. This is the brother of the psychic. Yeah. Mm, And he is real judgy about ladies and not just an asshole. So that is a thing that's different. Um, uh, After the, okay. So in the fire, in the print shop, after, before they realize young Ian is in there because young Ian does not sleep in the print shop in the book. Um, Jamie still rushes in to save his printing press. So he and some other people rush in to throw all of the pieces of his printing press out into the street. See, that's actually what, that's actually what I thought they were going to do when you were talking yeah, about him pushing it. It's kind it. of a bummer because that thing that's, travels with them. I won't yeah. say where, but that that thing eventually follows them on their travels so that they can keep using it. Yeah. Because the, Jamie had that whole speech about they put another weapon in my hand because he can't write really because he's left-handed and was forced to learn to write with his right hand and then got his hand fucking beat to shit right. by Jack Randall. It's just, there's a little nuance lost there. Yeah. It's oh, a bummer. I forgot about that piece too. That's yeah. really, yeah. So that wasn't there. Uh, also the way, and it's would have taken way too long. It's a really good cut because it would not have been cinematic, but the means by which, uh, Ian found out about the guy in the print shop is that he was sitting in a tavern. He was in a tavern for some reason he was doing something and he heard, a guy asking questions about Alexander Malcolm or Jamie Fraser or Jamie Roy, which in the books is the name he goes by when he is smuggling. Mm. And no one is supposed to know all of those names. Jamie works really hard to keep print shops separate from smuggling, separate from his real name. All three different things. So Ian then follows him from tavern to tavern. And Neil is making a raucous right now. What? It's a it's a stramash. <laughs> he's just stole our keg, our growler. Well, it feels like a keg. And he's dancing around. <laughs> he's he thinks he's tiptoeing, but he's you're wearing- not tiptoeing. It's it's like literally impossible for you to tiptoe in this apartment. <laughs> he's just like. The, it's, it's just fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Neil, Everything's you bring fine. that beer back in here. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I wish you could see. <laughs> Say hi, Neil.
Hello. Look at this. You just got that messed out. So, um, so Ian sees this guy asking questions, so he decides he's going to follow him. And the guy who's looking for them, not an exciseman, by the way. Not a government employee. No, I actually think that one might be. It's the other one who is. I don't not remember. a Larry Gergich. He's, <laughs> no, he's definitely not a Larry no. Gergich. Um, he goes from tavern to tavern tasting the brandy and tasting the whiskey and trying to figure out which places Jamie sells to. So Ian follows him to all these oh, places. So like he's a sommelier of judgment. He's a sommel spy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So Ian is following him and every tavern he goes into, he goes in covertly and he gets something to drink so he can justify being there and listening to him. And he keeps following him and then all of a sudden he's hammered. <laughs> <laughs> so then he sees he's in the print shop and he follows him to the print shop. And I think it's that he hits him in the head with a lantern, something, but oh no, he starts the fire on purpose because the guy is in there and they definitely get in a fight and he hits him with something, but the pamphlets are all there and he couldn't move them and people are coming. So Ian starts the fire to burn the pamphlets <gasps> oh, okay, uh, and then gets stuck because he's sometimes kind of dumb and ends up on the roof and then Ian shows up and they have to save him together. It's a whole thing. Anyway, um, he thinks that the guy who was looking for the pamphlets, um, he thinks that he killed him. So at the end of the hour, Ian is distraught. Because he, um, well, because he's hungover, and then there's a whole thing where he's just ralphing in a bucket. Everybody's <laughs> trying to be mm-hmm. nice to him. They're feeding him Been bread there. and milk, right? Mm-hmm. Is it like Neil Force feeding bread that one time? Oh, my God. It's real. <laughs> so uh, then it, he sends his dad. It doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think that it's a bit of a loss, to have a moment where Jamie actually gets to be kind of a good parent and you realize that part of the reason that Ian wants to talk to Jamie and not his father is because he knows that Jamie has killed people and he assumes his father's not. Now, his father was also a soldier, which is how he lost his leg, so it's not a great assumption. Right. But you can – it's very fraught. Um, and we know – we know what Daddy Ian has done. We saw him kill Bono. Oh, right. We saw him kill Bono. <laughs> that doesn't happen in the book. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> Oh, man. Was it on a Sunday, Bloody Sunday? Mm-hmm. Did you no, know it was? The first time oh, yeah. Must have. Fuck okay. yes, we it, did. It was a real I had a whole day. page <laughs> of YouTube you know, jokes. You know what I have to say to you? Tusk! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's a bit of a loss because um, the way that Ian does pop his fucking cherry in this episode, but the means by which he does this time is that Fergus acts like a whorehouse connoisseur mm-hmm. and it's like that we should get him a woman and he and Adam Jean have a conversation where they're trying to figure out the best girl for Ian to go to bed with and they both decide the second Mary the little one not the first Mary the second Mary <laughs> and Ian is like I don't know I, d- g- g- g-. and then Jamie finds out that Fergus has brought every other one of Ian and Jenny's kids who's a dude to Edinburgh to lose their virginity to a prostitute and that's just been his like side hustle he's just like this is fun for me no it's what <laughs> he does for his brothers oh. he brings them to the whorehouse and they have sex with the whore and that's how they lose their virginity so Ian is like well it's my turn and, and Jamie's like you're too young and he's like I'm 15 <laughs> and still wasted and this, and the second Mary comes in and his eyes go so round 
And Jamie says something like, well, what am I going to tell your parents? And Ian turns around and goes, I have to know, uncle, but I would not tell them anything if I would, but, but I will not tell them anything if you don't. And then like goes off with a second married virginity <laughs> after Jamie's like, by the way, you didn't murder that guy. You were defending yourself. And then that's whatever. So that was a bit of a missed opportunity. That is a big difference. Also, when they leave, it's not because the guy has the pamphlets because the guy gets killed. It's because they're going to do a rendezvous with Jared Fraser's ships, which is how Jamie gets the French brandy in the country. Ah, his cousin mm. in Paris. And yes. then the excisemen show up because somebody snitched. So there's a whole stramash. Who snitched? And that's saying, because maybe they don't snitch in here. Maybe they don't mm-hmm. snitch. Maybe there's no there's no snitch. My guess, Fergus. He who smelt it <laughs> possibly dealt it. <laughs> that's quite a difference. It's yeah. a, I mean, yeah. it's that's a really, this is a long book. Yeah. And they wanted to spend an entire episode on mostly boning. So I mm-hmm. totally get it. Mm-hmm. But they, but they, that's a big chunk of the book. And that happens um, on their way to Lallybrock, basically, where Jamie wants to bring her. Neil is again exaggeratedly pretending to be quiet. <laughs> it's very distracting. Welcome to my life. <laughs> so that's a big cut. And then also in the book, Claire doesn't kill that guy. He's still fucking with her, but she, he doesn't show up in the room. The, she bumps into him in like a stairwell and he's like, hey, well, how about this? I'll give you some money if you talk. And then maybe also I'll fuck you because you're obviously a prostitute because she's running around in her nightgown. She's like, no, get off me, get off me. And there's a scuffle, but it is not nearly as I'm going to rape you and I'm going to kill mm-hmm. you, which there's another thing we should talk about because there's a. You are the- going to talk about the serial killer. We'll get there too. But okay. Terry Dressbach and Maureen Ryan had a really interesting conversation on Twitter this week about rape on Outlander. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fascinating. Anyway, um, it's uh, Mr. Willoughby slash Etienne Chon who kills him <gasps> because he's wasted and the dude is fucking with honorable wife. Oh, yeah. And he shoots him. Ooh, and then he dies. Etienne Chon. Was maybe not a great idea, but at the same time, honorable wife. Dude threatening her. Gotta go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they still hide him in a cask, crammed him on. And there's a whole thing. The reason that Claire can't leave her room and has to go get breakfast with the prostitutes and then comes back up and has to deal with all that other shit and can't get clothes and everything's going to the dogs is because one of the people who works there, one of the maids who works there, uh, had to call in sick because her sister got murdered by a serial killer. And then Claire hears this whole story about how there's a serial killer in Edinburgh called, called the, the Fiend. Fiend. She who said has this killed, today. I oh, think geez. three prostitutes and one nun. <laughs> um, but only killing women. And it's a whole stramash. That's the third time. Um, it's everybody's it's a charm. It's the new it's the new it's drink a charm. Right stramash. <laughs> oh shit. There we go. And I think all of these cuts, I mean, no, the, the changes between what happens uh, with the Campbells, I think that's really smart. Um, the fortune telling does n- not show up in this part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm spoiling that Margaret and Archie Campbell are going to come back, but they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they do, and at least some aspect, fortune telling is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. It's a climactic scene. And this woman is going to be great. But all of the, they're all really smart adaptive changes, but it does rob some of the nuance. And while I actually think it's really interesting that we're in a position to be a little bit pissed at, particularly at Jamie, but also a little bit at Claire, um, 
And that they're showing that Ian is a little bit upset and confused about whatever's happening with Claire. Again, totally understandable. There are some other things that I think are lacking a little. And I wouldn't, I honestly, wouldn't trade any of the scenes in this episode. I think individually they were all great. But you, you specifically when we were watching it said that cutting the uh, fiend was probably really smart because it took out a whole bunch of other I think stuff. the smartest cut they made is cutting the the thing with the smugglers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's really cool, but they would have to shoot entirely in the dark and it takes forever. And it ends with Ian trying to decide if he's going to stay and guard Claire for Jamie, or if he's going to go try to warn them that they're going to get jumped at their secondary hideout location. Mm-hmm. And they both decide he should go to the secondary hideout location and warn them. And he heads the wrong way down the road. God, takes off right in the wrong direction. Anyway, um, <laughs> I I think that they're all really good changes. And that one in particular is really smart. Getting rid of the fiend will uh, dramatically change a plot point later in the season. Okay. Um, without going into detail, it, it will mean different things for a number of characters mm-hmm. and will make one scene probably cleaner because there's a point. Neil, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> he's cool. Um, we'll make... Uh, those scenes a little more clean, but maybe also a little less scary. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, I don't know. But honestly, the book has, the series has been mostly very faithful to the book. They've cut some things. Um, or condensed a lot of things, they've obviously. they've some things around. Mm-hmm. They've certainly added some things here and there. And there were some additions that all of that. Two women, one moi. Straight show. That's all show. Well done. I, I mean, really like the scene with come Bridget. On. That's all women. the show. One one one. So I, Sir Percival, um, there's a whole ruse where Jamie thinks it couldn't possibly be him because he doesn't seem pissed, and then it turns out it is him, and there's no reason for it to be that complicated. So that's totally fine. Like, it all makes sense. But this is the first episode where I was like, this is really different. I see all of the reasons why this is going to be smart down the road, and I really do. It's going to make the rest of the season much simpler and much cleaner in some places. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was like, this is just less thoughtful. In Mm -hmm. some places, more thoughtful. And in some places, Mm -hmm. less. More thoughtful around Mr. Willoughby, for sure. Absolutely. By a mile. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, yeah, it's by a mile. And I think um, turning... Oh shit, Jamie has a wife and he kept it from Claire into not, oh, you lied about this thing and that is a huge deal, but oh, you lied about this thing and also we're discovering all of the ways in which we're different after having been apart for all these years and all of the scars we hold for having been apart for all these years right. is really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't make is- for, for an uncomfortable hour. Well, this this episode, I mean, is only the second episode since they reunited. So they really jumped into that pretty quickly. Because that's that was what I felt about this episode from beginning to end was the tension of them realizing I I have my ideas I have my ideas and it was it was cool because it's not just like a romance novel where they fall into each other's arms and totally. everything is beautiful. Instead, it is oh well you know we lived each other we lived as people for twenty years and now yeah. we're together and. Fuck you. <laughs> I, w- I haven't spent all that much time on Twitter today. I would guess that there are a lot of 
book devotees that are not going to love this episode. Mm-hmm. And there are, it and, was not my favorite episode of the show. I don't think it was particularly fun to watch, mm-hmm. but the more I think about it, the smarter I think it is particularly with the, I mean, with some of the cuts, but also with the Claire and Jamie stuff. It felt transitional. It felt like yes, we're moving absolutely. from one idea into another idea. And it sometimes that shows that have that aspect are not as obvious. This one felt a little yeah. obviously transitional. So sometimes it wasn't fun, question mark? I don't just know. okay. That's not fine. It doesn't have to just, be fun. Uh, I, I just, I want to say R.I.P. Printing Press, and I want to say R.I.P. Second Mary. And then along come Mary. And then she is a prostitute who is smaller than the other prostitute named Mary. Hey, 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 hey. Now my empty cup is as sweet as the strong ale. As sweet as the strong ale. <laughs> I really want to make this album. <laughs> I want to know what book readers thought. So please send me messages. Cause I'm very curious about what you think. Um, and I'm excited about next week. It's going to be dramatic, uh, like dramatic in a good way or a dramatic where I'm like, come on, Patty. What do you think? Mm, I think dramatic in a good way. Okay. I mean, Laura Donnelly's going to be in it. Okay. You're okay. going to be you know salivating what? from moment one to moment I am thrilled 42. to see Jenny from the block again. Yeah. Just come on. It's Jenny from be, the leather block. It's going to be really good. <laughs> um, and also, Sam and Katrina are going to get to do some real good acting, I think. Okay. So, yeah. We'll see. The, the next episode is called First Wife. Mm. Hashtag First Wife? No, it's probably hashtag the wedding ring of... Balls. I don't know. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be hashtag pitcher full of milk. <laughs> no, next week it'll be hashtag crimped them off. Uh, no, it won't be. No, that I don't actually know if that cask is going to come back, but I hope it does. Did it come back in the books? So I've always wondered. Mm, I think not, but there okay. is a scene in the books. No, I can't actually say this without spoiling anything for you. You can't tell me who's drinking it. You don't have to tell me who's drinking Nobody it. Nobody drinks it. There's a scene in the books where uh, a cask starts to smell bad and is brought up from the place it smells bad. That is what I will say. Okay. But, it, but it, at no point is it indicated that it is crumbed a month. Okay. So I have no idea. Interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. We were trying really hard to go 90 minutes and we're at 110. We did not do that. But you know, that's all right. It's just, you know what it makes time for? It makes time for one more thing before we leave. Mm -hmm. You out there typing on your computer or you, Jen Moniz, who's commuting. Or also you, Julie, who's commuting. Yeah. When I listen to it, I'm almost always on the train. Okay. Then for you, I say one final thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.